Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. Hey friend, welcome to today's show. As you may have noticed, guys, we're doing weekly shows now, and I'm really excited for that. Really excited to, to talk to you guys today and this week. We're just doing weekly shows, basically, you know, as we're in this uh, COVID-19 thing, the world is kind of shut down and, you know, there's a variety of people in this business, uh, people that I know that are very busy a lot of the time, that I'm finally able to get a hold of. And so I'm going to be publishing them once a week uh, for, you know, till we get through these things. Uh, it may go a good way into the future because... Uh, part of what I'm seeing here, and you guys can let me know at learnstagelighting.com slash contact um, what your thoughts are, but I've noticed with my podcast feed, I'm getting in a lot more podcasts. I've got way more than I can listen to, and I was actually kind of close to caught up um, recently because we have a baby at my house, which means um, I'm holding him from time to time, helping him get to sleep and stuff, and I have time to listen to podcasts, but uh, and so I've, I've gotten a lot caught, you know, there's a lot of podcasts that are, my point is that, that there are a lot of podcasts that are publishing extra episodes right now. And so I'm going to be recording a bunch of them. We've got so many good things coming up, but today, today guys, so we'll go weekly. That's my point today, guys, we're going to talk about, do LEDs actually save you any money? The year 2020 edition. Get ready for this, guys. It's going to be good. We're going to talk about, hey, are LEDs right for you? Do they even save you money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and help you start to think through how you can figure that out? Because a lot of people just go out blindly, and this is a pretty normal, and they go say, excuse me, they go say, I need to buy LEDs because they're the cool new light source. They're bright. They're efficient. I should buy them. But that's not always the best thing for you to do. We're going to talk about why. But first, guys, first, we got a couple great things of news and we got to talk about today's sponsor. So today's sponsor.com is Amazon at learnstagelighting.com slash Amazon. You guys have probably heard of Amazon.com. Of course you have, especially if you're in the U.S., but they are worldwide. And through Amazon, um, many of you guys might know, you might not know that you're able to buy things. And if you do buy things through my Amazon link, that's learnstagelighting.com slash Amazon or any link on the site that, that points there, uh, you basically get, I get a small commission for just referring you there. You don't even have to buy a light. You don't have to buy anything in musical instruments. You could be buying, um, you know, toilet paper as is the COVID scare right now. I don't even know if toilet paper is available. Let's find out. Um, but you, anything you buy basically through there um, can help me to make this free content for you, such as this podcast. And so learnstagelighting.com slash Amazon is a great way to be able to check that out. And it looks like as of right now, you can indeed buy toilet paper. Um, and so that's good. Some of it looks really cheapy. That's that's available and on here. Um, but some of it might be okay. Like this one's called Silky and Smooth, but it has two and a half stars. I'm not sure I would buy that. <laughs> there's a lot of funky brand names, but there's also Angel Soft and Eared Others. Anyways, why am I talking about toilet paper? Um, LearnStageLighting.com slash Amazon. That is our, our special link. This is how you can just help the show because... You know, I don't charge anything for this, obviously, um, and I know that Learn Stage Lighting Labs isn't for everybody, and especially in this time of economic turmoil, 
um, that extra money that somebody might spend on something like the labs where they could learn, uh, they're, they're not going to have that around. And, and I get that. And I totally understand if you're in that position. And so, you know, you're buying things anyways. And I know Amazon said that their sales are way up. And if you are buying something, go, go to Amazon and, and help us out. LearnStageLighting.com slash Amazon. Now, for some news, guys, a couple of things from the PLSN magazine. I always read this one when it comes in my mailbox. Uh, I'm first looking in the February edition. You might say to yourself, David, it's literally April. Or is this going to come out at the end of March? Either way, um, it's literally about April. But they had a great article in here. They have a, some good articles about a bunch of things. But about De- Dead Mouse, um, Dead Mouse 5, if you're not cool. And he's a DJ and electronic music artist, a very well-known one that does cool things. And this is about his his new cube that he's doing this year, um, which is this cool cube that he's in. It's kind of the DJ booth, and it spins and turns and does all kinds of crazy stuff. Really cool. But I wanted to highlight an interesting point today because this is a discussion that I have fairly often with people in the industry. And this this goes for lighting, this goes for audio, this goes for video. Mr. Dead Mouse, um, Joel, maybe, is that his name? Yeah, Joel Zimmerman is his name. He's using a PC, a Microsoft Surface Studio, uh, to run his live show, which, as a DJ, that's like visuals um, as well as music. And I just think that's super interesting because, I mean, literally, uh, just to give you a little history, I became a Mac user um, probably 15, oh, 15, 18 years ago. I don't even know. Not 18, maybe not. I, I I started with Macs pretty early. My older brother got a Mac, and I was like gung-ho, Mac crazy. I finally, I got my Mac Mini first, um, then I bought MacBook, MacBook Pro, um, and then another MacBook, um, before I ended up going back to PC as a freelance lighting guy, and I hated it. Fast forward to 2020, um, Windows 10 is a lot better than previous versions of Windows, and I like it a lot better. It's Most of the apps and stuff that I use are incredibly stable. Um... And at the same time, I've kind of watched it in this thing, as I was saying, like 10 years ago, you would have not seen a major creative artist using a PC. I don't think you would have on stage or or anywhere like that. I mean, sure, there were less computers on stage, but even in the studio or in their office or wherever, um, you just didn't see creative people, professional creatives using PCs. They were all using Macs and Macs were very, very popular in their world. But over the past years, I've, I've seen a big change. And I think one of the things that's actually really interesting is that a couple months ago, uh, ProPresenter, which is a big visuals program for especially in the worship world, in the church world, they announced that they rebuilt their Windows version and that they're basically saying that it's just as effective as the Mac version. And it is. It's got all the features. It's just as stable. And they're basically saying, hey, use PC. That's the gist I'm getting is, you know, they're saying if you want, use PC and you'll save money, you know, on our software. And I think that's crazy, and it's nuts because you kind of um, you can kind of contrast that where there's still a lot of people in our business who are super hardcore Mac users. Many of them are are my friends, right? And I don't want to offend anybody too badly here, but I just think it's really interesting to watch the trend. Okay, above anything else, I'm not saying you have to switch over to PC today, but what I am saying is that I think um, you know really watching Apple closely, especially since you know, Steve Jobs' health declined and he passed away a number of years ago. I just really feel like uh, Macs are not the computers they used to be and Apple's not the company it used to be. And maybe for a lot of applications, it's just an overpriced computer. Now let's talk cons real quick about PCs um, because 
you know, it's not afraid. It's not fair to just rag on Max and point out all of their weaknesses and how they're not as good as they used to be. So PCs, the biggest thing with PCs that I see is that because it's open, meaning that anybody can make hardware for PCs, right? The hardware is completely open. You can buy hardware from your guy down the street. You can buy hardware from Dell, from HP, from Acer. Oh, don't do it. Um, from, from any number of brands you haven't heard of and some you have. And this is the biggest place where I think I see that that people get frustrated with PCs because they go out or they had somebody they know go out and buy a really cheap PC like an Acer or a bottom-of-the-line PC from any of the major brands. And then they said, this is a piece of junk. You know, it's all cheap and plasticky and, and junky, and it's no good. Whereas if you spend a little more, here's what I've noticed. I mean, even just a mid-level PC, um, you're going to get something that feels a lot nicer, that's going to last longer, and it's going to work better for you. So that's just kind of my two cents there. If you haven't bought a PC before, um, that's those are something to look about. You know, don't buy the very cheapest one that you can get because you'll get, uh, you, know, you know, you'll get a product that was designed to be the cheapest possible. It'll have a really cheap display that's kind of hard to see and doesn't have a good viewing angle. The keyboard will feel really cheap. It'll be hard to type on if it's a laptop, for example. Same with the mouse or trackpad. And you just won't be happy. But I was thinking about, actually, at my church this past uh, little while ago, we bought a new computer for our graphics, for our ProPresenter, and we bought kind of a mid-level HP unit. You know, we don't do things, we don't do anything really hardcore, but it's kind of a mid-level business HP computer slash low-level gaming computer. It's got a graphics card in it. And this thing's screaming, and it's awesome. Great computer. So I'm just pointing it out there. I know that a lot of my audience is going to be Mac users, right? Because a lot of you guys are musicians or worship pastors or people like that who are probably long entrenched in using Macs over the long haul. But I got to say, you know, three, four, five years ago, I had to switch from Mac to PC, right? Um, This is kind of the end of my rabbit trail. I had to switch because I was a freelance lighting guy now. I wasn't working for a company anymore. And I needed to be able to run all of these pieces of Windows software. And I was just looking at it financially. And I was like, well, I could spend 100 bucks and buy a Windows license and install it on my Mac. But at that point, my Mac was probably five years old, six years old. And I was like, you know what? I could literally buy a $300, $400 PC and be good. And, you know, for a while, I got to tell you the honest truth, right? Um, I wasn't happy for a while. It took a while to transition, but also I switched over in the time of Windows 10. And Windows 10 was, or Windows 8, sorry, Windows 8, Windows 10 is now. And Windows 8 was not what we would call the a great operating system. Like it was okay, but I feel like Windows just as an operating system, just to walk through it, they had XP like a while ago and XP was great. It was pretty good. Um, but, you know, gosh, there's been just so many um, versions since then, Vista and 7 and 8, and they just, I don't think they were as good. But now, um, now there is Windows 10, and it's a lot better. So I, I would just check it out. Um, in fact, I was actually talking to somebody the other week. They were asking about viruses or malware on a Mac. Somebody was noting that they had a friend who had malware on their Mac, and they didn't know it till they went to the Apple store. And it's just to to note that in, in today's world, you know, you can't be safe anywhere. Um, and PCs are better than they've ever been. So anyways, sorry for that rant. Another article um, from the March edition of PLSN. They did an interesting guide here on DJ and disco lights. 
And I thought this was interesting. Okay, because if you look at the, the world of DJ lights and you kind of look at the history of our industry in lighting, there's a couple things that you see. The very first thing that you may see is that in the past, say, five, six years, I, I know I say five years a lot when I'm referring to some period of time in the past, but in the past five, six years, you know, for the most part, um, DJ slash disco lights, pretty much, if you said that, you were just referring to really cheap stuff that came from various manufacturers like Blizzard and Elation or ADJ, rather, and Chauvet DJ. Um, those being like three of the prominent band brands in the U.S., but a lot of no-name stuff as well. If you go back further, though, or to today, you see something interesting, both back way further or today, which is that a lot of the major brands that make like large moving lights and and good good quality, you know, you know, tour quality lights, are also making. DJ or disco type effect lights. And I think it's really interesting just to look at this article and see, oh, we've got a Ayrton. We've got Martin in here. We've got um, high-end systems, Elation. Um, it's just really interesting, as well as Blizzard, Chauvet DJ, you know, um, you know, Technolux, you know, as well as brands that you would think of if you follow this industry as closely as I do, as budget brands. You see, actually, these brands that make really nice lights putting out DJ and effect type lights. And I think it's just a really interesting trend. I don't really have any conclusions from it other than just to note it, pay attention. And it's just kind of interesting to see how with the economy being good up until this, this COVID-19 thing happened, uh, it's kind of interesting to see how these kind of lights are making a comeback in our industry and how we see kind of these DJ effect lights more often. And it might be something you use on a show soon, just a Instead of it just being something that's relegated as a cheap light that can't do much, no, it's actually um, also a a quality light that that you know they might be able to do some really good stuff. And so that is my point there. All right, now for today's main segment. So, do LEDs actually save you money? Twenty twenty edition. I remember back in it was probably oh eight, I'd say or oh nine, maybe it was oh nine. Um, I was working for a company. We did a big LED install at a school theater. And one of the big pitches of this this particular project, and it, it had received grants and stuff to help offset the cost for the school, but the big pitch of the whole thing was, hey, we're installing all these LEDs so we can save all of this money in our school's theater. Because if you think about it, they say, okay, in this case, we were replacing a bunch of R40 strip lights, which I think they would use about a 100-watt um, bulb. Let me just Google that quick. Um, I think they used about a 100-watt bulb, maybe a little bit bigger. Yeah. Some of them could have been brighter, but uh, but an R40 strip light bulb was, bulb was often a 100-watt or 150-watt bulb, okay, if I'm remembering correctly. And you would have in a school like this just strips and strips of these things. You may have had 80 of these lights. And so you go, okay, if it's 100 watts times 80 lights, that's 8,000 watts of light. And you say, oh, but we're going to replace it with these LEDs. And instead of 8,000 watts of light for these 80 lights, it may be, you know, 80 lights at 30 watts, right? And so that would be instead of 8,000, that would be 2,400 watts. And you say, wow. That's going to save us so much money and energy. Um, it's definitely going to be something that saves money. Now, if 
the, a couple things to discuss here. Basically, what I want to talk about today and what I want to help you figure out is if you're a church or a school or a theater or anywhere else that has conventional style lights still, they're not all LED yet, and you're considering replacing them based on this idea that LEDs are more efficient, I want to kind of do some myth busting and also provide you with the, the tools to be able to start figuring out the math yourself somewhat if this thing will save you money or not, okay? And so the very first thing you want to look at, um, you, there's, there's a lot of different angles you can take as, as you think about saving money with LEDs. And the first is that um, you want to, if you were replacing a bunch of these strip lights or any type of lights with LEDs, you're probably replacing multiple colors of light where you might have, um, you know, for example, these these strip lights had glass um, gel in them. They had glass fil- color filters in them. And so you didn't have to buy gel, but you also, most of the time, would not have all the lights on it full. And so if you did four colors out of these lights, you would then probably at a single time only have one of the colors on at a time. Well, now if we compare the LEDs, 2,400 watts, to the 2,000 watts at the same time from these conventional lights, you say, well, that's, am I losing money by using LEDs? Good question. Now, that was some bad math and some bad statistics, but it brings home the point that you really need to double check before you go buy a bunch of LEDs just in order to, quote, save money. Because if you're not... Basically, here's kind of what I tell people when I'm, I'm figuring through this. If you're not using your lights a lot and you're not putting a lot of hours on them, if you're not having to change the bulbs, you know, I would say at least once a year, um, if, you, if it's less often than that, then you may not save any money going to LEDs. I know blasphemy, right? In fact, uh, when, when we're talking about front light in a church or somewhere like that or, or anywhere, a theater, the incandescent light is one of the best sources of light. You know, last week on the show, we talked with Bob Mentel, we'll link to that here, and we talked about how we would rather have you buy an incandescent light than buy a cheap LED. We'd rather have you keep what you have than buy a cheap LED because the incandescent lights, they do look good, especially in white. And I think that's something that's gotten lost and people have lost sight of and people do lose sight of when they think, oh, we're just going to upgrade and save all this money. Another thing, there's basically when we're when we're going to do the math to figure out, okay, how much power it costs and how much cost am I going to save by going to LEDs? There's a couple things you want to look at, right? The one that I talked about just now is the cost of the bulb or the lamp that you put into that light. How much does that lamp cost and how often do you change it? Because ultimately, uh, the cost of the conventional light that you already have or even a new conventional light is, you know, especially if you already have it, the cost to keep the light is like zero, right? You already have the light. Whereas an LED light, say we're talking about some good front lights in white, you might be paying $1,000 per light with an LED. Now, if you're using, say, a Source 4 575, those bulbs, they used to cost like $13. Maybe they cost like $15 right now. Honestly, I haven't bought one in a while, so let's Google it quick. Um, but they cost about $15, right? So, yeah, they're still $15. And so, if you were to replace those twice a year, 
even if you count the labor, it's going to be a long time before you recoup your cost uh, on buying a new LED unit just on labor cost alone, okay? And so if you're looking to get the same functionality out of an LED than a than a conventional light, you might want to think about that. Okay, is is it that big of a deal to change bulbs once or twice a year or maybe less because for some places it's honestly less? Or, you know, or am I really doing it that much that it would cost this money, uh, much money, okay? Next, we've got the power consumption, right? You've got to look at, okay, if I have a, three non-LED lights and they have red, green, and blue color in them, red, green, and blue gel, how often do I change that gel and how often are more than one of those lights on? If the answer is almost never for how often more than one of those lights is on, then sure, it's three lights that each take, say, 575 watts each, but that's not 575 times three. It's really just 575 times one um, at a time, right? You're not using more than one at a time, or maybe occasionally you are. But this kind of brings home uh, another point with power, which is that, okay, how often in total do you have your whole lighting system on? As an example, say you go to a church, and this is not unique to small churches, it's not unique to big churches, where you're in a, in a space, in a performance space with a stage, that it might be a big performance space, like a large main sanctuary, or it could be a small church, but you've got lights focused on your stage, maybe there's some conventional lights, okay? How often on a given week, how many hours do you think you put on those lights? How many hours do you think they're on? For example, at my church, if we turn on and off the lights for rehearsal and turn on and off the lights for the service, in total, they're on for about four hours a week, which is why I've prioritized at my church where I'm the volunteer tech director at the smaller church, we've prioritized uh, other upgrades as opposed to changing out our conventional lights. Why? Because if we look at the power and how much money we'd save by going to LED, it's not much because ultimately at using these lights four hours a week, we're not using a lot of power and we like almost never change the lamps because they they don't burn out that often. And when we do go to change the lamps, we just change them all and then we get another couple of years out of them. And so uh, kind of my point here is that it's not always super clear whether LEDs do save money or not. In fact, especially when we're talking about in a front light application where you may not need or want color, the conventional light is a darn good looking source of light. It just looks great, you know, and a lot of LEDs aren't going to be able to mimic that. Now, they keep getting better. They do. But LEDs will note also, you know, if you don't power them off when they're not in use, they may have a shorter lifespan than that conventional light. Their power supply is always running, unlike a conventional light with a dimmer, where when they're off, they're off. And so what I'm trying to basically say here and gather up is that um, I think this is important for listeners of this show to just think about. If you've got a venue or somewhere or a church or somewhere that that you're in charge of and you've got some old conventional lights and you've been thinking to yourself, wow, I should really change these out for LEDs. Should you really? Because, sure, there are definitely times, definitely, definitely times where you say, okay, I put a lot of use on these lights. They get used in a good number of hours a week. Or I'm using it backlight, set lighting, etc., and I want the extra functionality of an LED. Or I want to get down the amount of heat on stage because we have a lot of lights pointing at the stage and we use them a fair amount. 
And these are all good reasons for switching to LED. But I don't want you, I want to make sure that you don't just go ahead and buy LEDs because somebody told you it'd be more efficient or you thought it would be a good idea. Because what you often get, especially if you buy cheap stuff, just like we talked last week, is you get something that's actually inferior and to the conventional in look and also might not save you any money. Uh, one last thing, actually, that we didn't really discuss yet that's important is that um, one thing that people put into these calculations, one last thing, is heat, okay? And you've got to think about your climate. So conventional lights, right, they put off a lot of heat when they're running. That there, in turn, heats up the room more. Now, if you're in a climate like where I grew up in central Pennsylvania, then for about half the year, they're helping the heating system heat the room when the room's occupied. For the other half of the year, they're not, right? They're putting off heat and the cooling system has to overcome that. Here in the South, more often than not, the, the cooling system's running, especially the further South you get uh, for most of the year. And there's only a small portion of the year where they're helping the heating system. And so that's just something else you can look at. It's harder to calculate because you've got to look at how many BTUs the light puts off and how much it costs your system to equalize a BTU. And that's a lot of math that, honestly, I don't even know how to do. I know the power stuff, but not the BTUs. Um, But I hope this kind of gives you something to wrap your head around because ultimately kind of my biggest thing here, especially in this pandemic, in this crisis when I'm recording this and when this will come out, is that... When you go to spend money in your organization, whether that's your band, your church, your theater, your DJ, whatever, when you go to spend money, I want you to make the most informed and the best decision that you can for buying new stuff. I want you to be able to weigh all the options and have the information you need to really make that right decision and and really, you know, have something that you're going to be proud of for years to come that's going to serve you and your organization's needs well. And so, I hope, if you've listened to the end of this, that this has really helped you, that you it's been able to basically give you an idea of some things that you can do in order to, um, to decide if you should switch to LEDs or keep your old conventional lighting. Or, you know, maybe you're just interested in lighting and you've listened so far, and maybe you've learned something new today, that, you know what, LEDs aren't the savior of the world. They don't always, um, they're not always better. A lot of times they are. But you definitely shouldn't rush into them uh, without thinking wisely and checking to make sure it really makes good sense for you. So with that, guys, thanks for listening to today. It's been a great show, and I've just been really glad for you um, and to help you guys, um, you know, think through things like this. Once again, today's show is sponsored by Amazon. LearnStageLighting.com slash Amazon is where to go. Do all your Amazon, Amazon shopping there. You know, buy your diapers there buy your toilet paper. I know I'm stuck on diapers and toilet paper because I got a baby at home. And of course, there's been a lot of uh, madness with this coronavirus business. But you know what, guys, we're going to all get through it. And, And I really think I've been listening to a lot of things actually just in closing about the coronavirus. And it really seems that a lot of the business minds in the world of live production and in the world of events, a lot of the business minds are just looking forward to the day when this passes over because it's going to be an incredibly busy season for live events. And now's the time to learn. So keep on listening. Keep on enjoying the stuff we're putting out. And of course, if you can support the show by shopping through learnstagelighting.com slash Amazon, I really appreciate it. And we'll hear, we'll see you in our next episode. Thanks. <laughs>